Hello and welcome to Happy Place, the show where we peel back the layers of wildly successful people to discover what really makes them tick. I'm Fern Cotton and today I'm meeting a man who's not afraid to dream big. It's boxer Lawrence Acoli. You know, use the fear in being meticulous in training, in your preparation for whatever you want to do. The fear of slipping up or you've taken this risk, you want it to pay off. Use the fear to help you in being meticulous. But then when it's time to perform or execute, that's when you need to leave the fear alone. I'm so, so excited about this chat because Lawrence's book, Dare to Change Your Life, is the first to be published by Happy Place Books. Like everything that I do with Happy Place, the podcast, the festival, books published by Happy Place Books will offer support for our everyday needs. The mission is to champion exciting new voices that are out there sharing positive stories to inspire us all. Some really impressive life lessons coming your way from Lawrence in just a moment. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, should we do it? Here's the show. Hey Lawrence. Hey, how are you? I'm really good. And I tell you what, I am absolutely thrilled that Happy Place Books is publishing your first ever book, Dare to Change Your Life. I'm thrilled. I know, I'm, I'm also very, very excited. Um, now it's all become very real. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's an interesting journey to be on, but I'm happy for it. The front cover looks wicked. I love it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> me too. I'm, ha- I'm happy with it as well. Do you know what I mean? I think with... Um, the boxing, you know, I don't really smile that much in pictures because I'm always next to the people I'm going to be fighting. But it's good to um, good to get some teeth on display. It is. It's it's a cracking front cover, and the book is just so brilliant. I I loved reading it so much. Um, just to give the listeners a bit of background, I um, met you at Radio Two a couple of years ago now, and I was um, covering for somebody, and you came in to do an interview with the sports presenter. And to be honest with you, normally. I wouldn't listen to the sport bit. I would just be like working out what I was going to do next or writing some notes or something. But I was so captivated by your story and just couldn't stop thinking about it, like the way that you just turned your life around. And that's essentially what the book is about. But for anybody that you know knows you as a boxer but might not know your background and your story, can you just give us a quick rundown of, of where you started and, and where you're at now? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Hackney um, in East London. And, you know, obviously throughout, you know, primary school, early secondary school, I was, you know, dealing with um, being bullied and picked on and stuff like that. And um, then, you know, while working at McDonald's um, in my late teenage years, um, I saw um, AJ Anthony Joshua win Olympic gold medal. And then, you know, I just um, thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to leave everything and just focus completely on boxing and 
tried to get to the Olympics myself. And um, I was fortunate enough to manage to qualify and go to the Rio 2016 Olympics. And then um, from there, I've obviously gone from strength to strength as a professional. So I've won the British, Commonwealth, European titles. And my next um, boxing match is in three weeks for the world title. So it's um, it's been a good good turn of events. I mean, it's remarkable. And this is, you know, exactly why I became so obsessed with your story, because there's just such drive and dedication. And what I'm so interested, well, there's so many things I'm so interested in. But one of the things is you went from, you know, when you were working at McDonald's as a a teenager, you weren't sporty at all. You'd, You'd never taken part in any sport. You were clinically obese at the time. And literally in a a split second from watching Anthony Joshua boxing on TV, something clicked and you just went, this is what I'm going to do. But you didn't just think that and then sit on it and a couple of months went past. It was overnight that you went, enough's enough, I'm going to change my life. So what was the first change to to sort of see you on your way? Uh, The first change was stop eating the burgers during my lunch breaks. Uh, That was the first one. And then, you know, from then it's just, I sort of, started changing in terms of like being more self-aware and uh, and also holding myself accountable so I feel like a lot of times you know I like that I like I to even to this day I like cakes I like I like all of that stuff but I had to kind of say to myself you know what you like this but you want this so you want something completely different so I had to sort of make sacrifices and um that sort of continued um from there so you know before I used to run until I got a bit tired and then I'll stop. Then I said, you know what? Run, you're tired, keep going. You have to hit this goal and this target. Once I started kind of doing that more, it all started kind of falling into place where now it went from just pushing harder to seeing results. And once I saw results, I thought, you know what? Let me give more. And then it became a give and take between giving myself to boxing, giving myself to whatever I'm doing 100%. And then a lot of times it comes back. And do you think if you hadn't, fatefully just had the TV on whilst you're at work that day and seen that fight, do you think you would have just carried on as you were? Or do you reckon that you've always had that sort of, that there was that realisation of your potential just beneath the surface? So it's, a, it's an interesting one um, because I felt like deep down, like somewhere inside, I felt like, you know, I, I meant to do something or be, I don't, I, I could, but I couldn't tell what it was. So I was very all over the place, you know, I'm working at McDonald's, but at the same time I'm thinking maybe I've become a social worker and be the best social worker, or maybe I've become an accountant or, you know, all these type of things. But I never really knuckled down on anything and said, you know, this is the one. But um, so it'll be, it's difficult to say, I don't know. Maybe I would have watched another fight another time and got the same drive. But do you know what, that that particular one, um, it, it, it caught me and um, it caught me on the right day as well. I remember... It wasn't the best of days at um, work that day, you know. I was one minute late, which, hey, listen, lateness is lateness. I get that now. But, <laughs> you know, at the time, you know, I was told off, um, in my opinion, harshly that day for the minute tardiness. But you know what? All of those things didn't come together. We, we, we never know what would have happened. But this is what is just so magical about it, because obviously when you saw that fight, there was a spark in you that went off. It wasn't just like, oh, I quite fancy doing that. This was like a huge powerful surge of you going this is exactly like this is my calling and I'm so interested in that because you know you'd never boxed before why wasn't it you know when you'd watched a football match or seen a gymnastic uh, performance at the Olympics or seen someone running that you thought that's for me you know what what was that feeling that made you think it's boxing 
I'm not sure. I think because I was aware of who Anthony Joshua was, as in I knew he was a you know a young man from the north of London, there was nothing too dissimilar with his background story to mine. And I just thought, well, he and obviously, obviously, my ego was there. I thought I could fight from you know before I went into boxing. I thought, you know what, I can have a fight. And I thought, well, you know what, a guy from North London has just changed his life. Maybe I can fight my way there. And, you know, I played football when I was younger. I, I don't think I'd be going to Soccer AM anytime soon. Um, <laughs> I, I, was not, I was not the best. I, and I'm quite tall as well. I tried basketball, but I couldn't dunk. Now, I can kind of dunk because I'm a little bit more athletic. <laughs> so none, none of those really, it never really caught me. And I think as well, when I actually tried boxing, because there's one thing, you know, playing a football match or whatever. When I actually tried boxing, it kind of aligned with, the making myself more accountable that I was talking about earlier where it's like you know what it's you and one other person and if you don't do the work in the ring they're going to they're going to show you they're going to show you yeah. have you done your sit ups you'll find out when they hit you to the body or have you been you know doing your runs like you'll find out as the rounds go on so with that it's like a very direct the amount of work you put in shows like physically do you know what I'm saying so that was um all of those things kind of clicked well um, together accountability is such a big one because you know you say in the book that and this was this leapt out at me this bit you said that you don't feel that you're anything special you're not a special person who had these qualities just lying dormant ready to to erupt into you know what you're doing now because often people and this is what again you say that often people will use that as an excuse oh I'm not special I you know why am I going to either bother trying to fulfill my desires and dreams I'm nothing special you're sort of saying you you can't use that as an excuse you're nothing special this is about for you discipline and accountability and just putting the work in it's like literally is it that simple yeah as as far as I've experienced in my life and other people who I've been fortunate enough to meet on this journey everyone says the exact same thing you know no matter where you start from nothing is guaranteed to you you know I'm the one that's meant to do this it all literally comes from just you know what taking accountability saying I'm gonna put in the hours whether it's boxing whether it's being a great interviewer whether it's being a lawyer, a doctor, it's like, you know what, we're all here on the level playing. I'm, I choose to put in an extra hour here, an extra day here, an extra everything. And over time, you know, the consistency of it all reaps rewards. You know, I've, I've got a lot of people who, you know, I've met on the journey who, you know, didn't necessarily stay as consistent. And some of them were even more talented naturally than I was. But because I kept on it, kept on it, kept calling my, holding myself accountable... I've managed to, you know, accomplish a few things. Yeah, and that's not an easy thing to do, holding yourself accountable, because life is full of distractions. It's so easy to think, oh, I won't bother today. I'll, you know, go out and do this or, you know, drink. I know that you don't drink or whatever it might be, but but you've been so disciplined and teamed with that. Another element that I think, well, from reading your book, I feel is is really, really important, and that is self-belief. And I wonder when that clicked in for you. You know, was it instant as soon as you'd seen that fight on TV that you had an inner self belief that I can do that, or did that incrementally build when you when you could see results? Yeah, I think it was a mixture of the two. Obviously, it takes a lot of belief to kind of take the leap of faith in the first instance. But then, you know, over time, obviously that confidence sort of grew and grew and grew. So it's a, it's a mixture. You have to believe in yourself to take the leap because. It's also being realistic in 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 your goals. Like like as you said, I didn't see 
you know, Beckham score a wonderful free kick and say, yeah, that's me. I, I thought something that that kind of worked with who, who I am and how I operate and stuff like that. And yeah, just, um, yeah, man, it's a, it's sorry. It's, it's just even thinking about it, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite a crazy one. Like having, you know, I think because a, a lot of times this is my show and although, you know, I might meet people or they do stuff about it on, on, on the TV when I'm boxing and stuff like that, it was really quite uh, an emotional journey for me to even, you know, speak and write about it because a lot of times I feel I don't even stop and think about the journey. I'm just thinking about here and now because I still have more goals and more things that I want to accomplish. And so sometimes it kind of goes over my head, but sometimes even just saying and getting the messages that I get and from people just saying, you know what, I'm working here or I'm doing this and I've lost this much weight because of the story that I've heard um, from you and so on and so forth, that, yeah, it touches me. Well, but this is it. You know, that's why I was so excited for you to write this book because, you know, like all of the messaging we've already talked about, like, you know, anyone can try to fulfil their dreams. It just takes, you know, this discipline and perhaps this self-belief. And that is so empowering for people to hear that, that that is a possibility and that we don't have to sort of be held back by... Because, you know, even the title of the book is alluring because you've used the word dare in it, you know, dare to change your life. You know, what that encourages us to look at what is stopping me? What is stopping me from following these dreams and these aspirations that I have? I mean, do you think that it's usually fear? Is that the thing that's stopping us from trying? I think that's that's one of the biggest inhibitors for anyone. I feel like, you know, it's comfortable. It's easy to, you know what, this is my routine. I'm okay with it. It works. You know, I wake up every day. I do this. I go to sleep. I wake up. And although it might not be your calling or what you really want to do, you just go with it because it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. But I think, as we said, dare. Sometimes take that risk, you know, just back yourself. Because ultimately, you know, some people gamble on, on sports. Some people gamble on you know, stocks and shares and whatever else. But I feel like the biggest gamble that you should take is the one in yourself, you know, the biggest risk you should take. And of course, it's, it's scary, but as, as as I say, I think that ultimately there's nothing more scary than not actually going for your dreams. Well, this is it. And you've cultivated a really cool relationship with fear because, you know, you've talked about this, you're you're not like banishing fear entirely. There are times when you've sort of seen that fear is super useful and then times when fear does get in the way. So can you talk about that? When is fear handy? When does it motivate you? Yeah, so fear in my life helps me just in training, in staying disciplined because I have fears. I have fears of losing and boxing in front of tens of thousands of people and millions of people watching around the world. Those kind of things, you know, bring a level of fear. However... They're useful in the sense of now I'm going to, you know, use this fear to train extra hard in the gym because I have that in the back of my mind. You know what? I'm going to be boxing against this guy on this occasion. So I'm using the fear to, 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 to help myself. But then when it comes to time to perform, whether it's in my life, it's a boxing match. In someone else's life, it might be the big exam. It might be the interview for their dream job. It might be the interview with a potential investor to invest in an app or whatever it is. You know, when it's crunch time and it's time to actually make it happen or make the change or take the leap, I think that's the point where you have to put fear to the side and, and, and as I said, use it as a motivator. Because 
If not, it becomes an inhibitor. So you're not able to perform to your best of your ability. You might, you know, get flustered or whatever. So I feel like, you know, use the fear in being meticulous in training, in your preparation for whatever you want to do. The fear of slipping up or you've taken this risk, you want it to pay off. Use the fear to help you in being meticulous. But then when it's time to perform or execute, that's when you need to leave the fear alone. And do you think that fear naturally leaves the picture when you know you've done the right amount of prep? Is that when it just sidesteps? That's 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 how it is in, in my life. And I'm sure with a lot of people, it, when you've done the groundwork, for, for example, of yourself, when you've you know, asked the interview questions to yourself in the mirror, or I'm, I don't know what your, your routine is. I, I talk to my laptop when the screen is dead. Do you, see, do you see what I'm saying? And that's a way to, you know, practice. Or so now when you're here with me, yeah. there's, 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 there's no issue. It's just, you know what, I've done this, I've done this before. And you just go into sort of, not necessarily autopilot, but you know what, I know what to do. I've done this. And that's the same with me with boxing. Of course, you know, anything can happen, but there's, I'm more content with myself knowing that I've done everything that I could. Same way with anyone who's got an exam coming up. You do your revision, you, you practice what needs to be practiced. When it's showtime, I've been here before. Let's do it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What about when fear is inhibiting you right at the start of your journey? To It's stopping you from even trying. You know, how, how do you think people should deal with that? If they've got a dream, they've got an idea, but they're so scared probably to fail or waste loads of time for it not to come into fruition. What what do you think people should do then? Yeah, it's two, it's, it's two things in that scenario. So I think the first one is being realistic. You know, everyone knows their initial limitations and their, lim- and their initial fears and stuff like that. I feel like it's extremely important in those scenarios to understand where you are in life at this moment and if you're happy with it and if you do want to change. And if you do want to change, you now have to ask yourself the question, what's more scary, really, to continue to live the life that you're living, which might be comfortable or whatever, but it's not true to yourself, or to reach for the stars and maybe come up short, but at least you know you've gone for it. So for me, I feel like if if that is a fear, that's a fear for now, but it's better to take that risk than live out like this and then one day look back with regret. Because when it comes to regret... There's no way to turn back time and say, ah, I should have done it. With a lot of people that I've met as well, people are more upset with the chances that they didn't take as opposed to chances that they did take that might not have got to where they wanted to get to because at least they backed themselves. Self-esteem is such a big one too because if you don't have that self-confidence, it's so easy to be just totally squashed by fear. And and you say in the book that, you know, growing up in Hackney, knife crime was ubiquitous. You know, you would hear about it all the time. You would see it in the streets. And you personally, part of that bullying that you mentioned earlier, involved people threatening you in a violent way. And you say, you know, at the, at the start of that, when you're growing up as a kid, you, you didn't fight back. And that was mostly down to self-esteem. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I felt like 
even down to the name calling or the stuff that was done, I kind of took on the insults and kind of almost believed them. Like, you know what? They're right. I am this. I am that. And, you know, that started affecting how I would talk to myself. Do you know what I mean? I'd be literally in a shower looking at my belly, just hating my like pulling it and stuff like that. And that's me allowing the outside world to have an effect on myself. But once I started saying, you know what? Like, okay, there is stuff that I would like to change about myself. Instead of allowing the world to put the strain on me and I continue to go down that path, I can just say to myself, you know what? Let me actually change it. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to be this or that or or even some stuff that people say about you that's not true. As long as you're real within yourself, you're able to uh, make that transition. Yeah, well, that's, again, something so relevant to everybody because you know, now everyone's on social media as well. Everybody's saying something about someone and none of it's true usually. So you have to feel really self-assured that you know what you're about. And I wonder if that's what stopped you because, you know, you talk so passionately in the book about victim mentality and that you made that decision to not fall into that because again that can then stop you from trying from reaching your goals etc so do you think that is a big part of it just sort of again going back to accountability is that what stops you having that victim mentality yeah 100% and I feel like yeah as I, as I do go on to mention I feel like the victim mentality is absolutely it's imperative that you get rid of that as you make the transition and you, as you make those steps because it's never going to be easy, you know, to accomplish your goals or reach your full potential. It takes hard work, sacrifice, accountability. And you have to believe that you're a winner. So if you have this, you know, victim mentality, when it comes to saying, and obviously I'm a firm believer in like sort of speaking into existence or really being positive in your approach to stuff. If you have a victim mentality, you're not going to be able to now go out and say, you know what, this is what I want. I deserve it. I'm going to go grab it. You're, you're, you're sort of more so shy away from the big opportunities or the big steps, you know. And to be honest, I think it's it's very difficult in a victim state to allow yourself to go on and be great. You're quite literally stopping yourself from manifesting what you want because you're instantly putting that energy out there. I'm not worthy of this or I'm there's something faulty with me so it won't happen. So I think that is... It is such an important one to sort of think about. Um, let's continue talking about this this trajectory that that you were on at that point in your life. And just first of all, give us the time frame of from seeing that fight on TV, being clinically obese at McDonald's, to then fighting in the Olympics. Yeah, so it's a four year turnaround, a four year Olympic cycle. So that's um, yeah, twenty twelve, twenty sixteen. It was meant to be twenty twenty, obviously. But, you know, we, we know what's going on in the world. But this is it. You went from watching the Olympics to being in the next one. Like, that is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, it's, 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 it's actually crazy when I actually, you know, stop. Not crazy, but it's, it's, it's really interesting when I stop to think about it. You know, I was just on my social media today and I stumbled across, like, a post that I did where I was, you know, I put out something saying, this is before I was on the Great Britain team, before anything like that. I just said, you know what, the Olympics is... X hundred of days away and I'm going to be heading there 100%. And um, for me, I only really knew I was going to the Olympics six months beforehand. And um, throughout the whole going for it, you know, there was, you know, 2013, 2014, 2015, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs where I'd never even been to the, you know, the Great Britain team. I'd never had an international fight. I had that 15 career boxing matches, which... A lot of people in boxing will be able to tell you that 
that is you're still a novice at, at that stage and people in the Olympics have had you know hundreds of fights been boxing since they were young boys etc but there was just belief I mean I, I was speaking to uh, one of the boxers last week just in, in, like, in preparation to my fight and he was saying when I first got into the Great Britain team uh, in October November of 2015 that everyone thought that I was I was crazy because I came down had no international experience no anything they were talking about the 2020 olympics for me back then and i was just like nope i'll be going to the 2016 i'll be in rio i'll be and everyone was like how many fights you had yeah i've had 15 they're like okay uh, good luck champ you know (laughs) and um like yeah everyone said that you know obviously they were all friends before i got there they said that they were you know in group chats and saying this this is crazy you know coming up from (laughs) But how did you stop that from impacting you? Like, how did you stop that naysayer, that influx of sort of like naysayer energy from hitting you? Because you could have so easily let it in and gone, oh my God, you know, I don't, I have imposter syndrome, I shouldn't be here. You know, how did you stop that dead? Um, yeah, no, it's just genuinely that, that self-belief and that sort of, you know what, this is this is what I want, here's my opportunity, I'm going to go for it with both hands. And I was, I was so sure, I was so sure. I didn't know how, I didn't know what it would be like boxing against you know champions from other countries and all the pressure as well because you know it's a lot of pressure and qualifying as well because it's only like the gold medalist or maybe the gold the finalists everyone has been preparing for years to go to olympics if you're a boxer and i'm there coming on with you know nine months until the olympics never had an international fight just saying you know what like I'm, i'm 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 coming for it and that's not just in britain it's I'm telling all the guys in Europe, you know, they, they might not understand me, but they understand through my actions, you know, going for it. Yeah, it was, it was quite unbelievable, you know. I, I always I felt like I was, I felt like, not even I felt like I really believed I was going to do it. I remember in 2012 as well, with the whole Olympic thing, I went past like a shop and they had like these GB kits um, because the Olympics was in London. Um, and I remember buying one. I think I still got one in my house. And, um, I bought it and I used to walk around and then tell, are you uh, on the game? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no pictures, please. You know what I mean? And just um, went on that kind of, that kind of thing. And obviously it wasn't true at the time, but I kind of see that as like what another form of speaking into existence. You know what? I'm, yeah, Totally. This is, I deserve to be in this. I, I'm visualising it in reality. Do you know what I mean? And then I'm training towards that because ultimately, I have to go to 2016 Olympics. So when it when it's time to make certain sacrifices, I'm ready to make them because I've already said to all my friends and family. You've told every I've told everyone I'm I'm an Olympian. Like I'm, do you know what I mean? So now I have to go out and accomplish it. So do you think that that notion that we've all heard of before, fake it till you make it, actually works? In my opinion, yes. <laughs> In my opinion, yes. I, I, I'll be I'll be 100 honest with you. A lot of, in a lot of different aspects. Yeah, I think fake it till you make it. Sounds, you know I mean, obviously you have to put in the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just keep faking it. You have to fake it till you make it, and then do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, why not? Do you know what I mean? Like, why not just believe wholeheartedly? This is who you who you are and who you're meant to be. And then when it's time to step into those shoes, you've already been living in it in your head anyway. So yes, it's an easy. It's an easy transition. It's such a brilliant way for us all to start thinking because I also think it's such a 
unfortunate British tendency to be like, oh, no, I'm nothing major. Don't, you know, don't look over here. Whereas you actively went, I'm going to do this. I'm already wearing the shirt. Bring it on. And it's we should all have that mindset and like that self-belief. And it just seems such a British thing to be like down on ourselves, self-deprecating rather than, no, I am actually amazing and I've got some brilliant qualities and I'm going to show you. I think we just need to bring that into the forefront of all of our minds because that is going to help us on every level with confidence and achieving our goals and and also just enjoying it, like enjoying that whole process. Um, a, a huge part of this uh, sort of discipline and your new regime in transforming your life has been turning vegan. Why, why did veganism attract you? Um, initially, it was um, just meant to be like a, um, a, a month. You know what? Start of the year, let's, uh, let's give this meat, you know, because I had a lot of, I have a lot of vegan friends who, you know, always used to listen. I'm like, mate, I'm so big and black, you know. There's no way I can. And they said, you know, just give it a month and tell us how you feel. And, um, you know, I, I, I did. I gave it the first week. And I'm really good at kind of just saying, oh, okay, no, like, no to me. No to, like, let's give it. I did it for the first month. And then for me personally, I instantly felt a difference. So, you know, running time started improving. Fitness, I was just, okay. Is this because of the? Okay, you know what? I'm gonna give it another month. Do you know what I mean? Okay, you know what? There's no going back now at this point. So from there, um, yeah, I just I just carried on. So it was just it was just literally meant to be a quick month. Um, but then the more research I started doing, the more I felt it within myself was um, beneficial. But you know, I just haven't looked back, and now I can't see myself ever going back. Really, yeah, because I imagine you're somewhat of an anomaly in the boxing world. Like, I don't think... Are there any other boxers that are vegan? I can't imagine there are. Yeah, not that I know publicly. Um, there's there's one that I know, but um, I think it's very, like, rare because mm. it's a sport where, it's you know, you eat your, you know, your chicken with veg, you know, yeah. breakfast, lunch, dinner, get really strong. Yeah, red meat, get aggressive, you know. And, you know, if you don't eat meat, you're not going to be powerful, but... Obviously, I haven't had any, you know, meat, fish or anything like that as a professional. And somehow I'm still able to win a lot of my, well, all of my fights. All of them? Yeah. All, every single fight. You haven't lost the fight. So it's definitely working alongside everything else that you're doing. And do you think it's possible to achieve greatness or achieve your big goal that you've got in life without taking risks? No, I don't think so. Not not mine and... Not if you're being realistic about your your dreams, because um, nothing's ever going to be easy. I think you have to take the risk and, and know that you know what it's worth it. Because no matter what, if you're unable to, if you put your all in and you you know you've done, you've done everything, when it's all said and done, you can be proud of yourself and say, you know what, I gave it my best shot. You know, and that does obviously come with a risk. You know, of not necessarily getting to the full hats ultimately you'll be proud you'll learn something about yourself you'll learn something about the world and you know I believe that you'll be a better person because of it I think it's always important to mention risks because people that have done exceedingly well like yourself it's very easy for observers to go oh it's all right for them you know they've had it easy they've had this really quick ascent but that devalues and reduces every ounce of hard work and every time that you've said no to a drink, no to eating a hamburger, no to going out at night. You know, this is a life that you've chosen of absolute discipline. And I think in that 
there is risk because you know you're you are choosing to go down one particular route and um i think it's so important to mention that also you talk in the book about how important it is to have really positive people around you that have the same level of self-belief that you have do you think that you've actually gone out and and found these people or are you emitting such good vibes now that these people are just naturally falling into place in your life I think it's a mixture of the two, you know, because other people who are on the same path are also trying to attract similar people. So it works both ways, you know. I feel that I was fortunate enough with the friends that I've managed to keep, you know, they've all been on the same sort of path. And people that I meet now, you know, there's a certain energy that I won't allow near. The naysayers, you know, the ones who are afraid and also they admit that onto you, you know, oh, don't, don't do that, it's too... I, I can't, I can't allow it, do you know what I mean? And I don't think anyone on that journey should. It could be friends or family, do you know what I mean, that tell you no, play it safe, whatever. Ultimately, no, because it's your life to live, you know, you're the one that's you know going to take the risk and reap the rewards. And then like nine times out of ten afterwards, people will come and tell you, you know what, I'm so happy that you went on and you, you did it, do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think that definitely having the right kind of energy around you because the times where you're struggling to hold yourself accountable, it's good to have people around who are also going to, mate, you're on a journey or whatever you're like, you need to, no, I just want to have this drink. I just want to go out. No, 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 you can't. No, (laughs) No. remember, this is your goal to kind of get you back in check because of course, you know, we're all human beings. We, you know, all have temptations and different things that we may or may not want to do. But where sometimes you might want to slip up, you need to have people around who are going to, keep you in check yeah and like you say you know not only having that positive influence but also having boundaries around the people that can be either you know negative or even to go as far as saying toxic because I think often we feel or we forget that we have agency over that part of our life we think oh well you know this person's just so negative in my life they really bring me down and we forget that we can say to them either that's not helpful to me or if it's really extreme to walk away and you've proved that with creating this bubble of people that you work with that are on this ascent with you which is which is so exciting i loved the line in the book about you professing to be the Marie Kondo of boxing because before you have a fight you need to declutter your mind you need to get it organized and in a good shape how do you do that how do you get rid of unuseful thoughts and things that don't need to be in your head i have different techniques i think one of my favorite ones is uh, mind mapping where you know i get myself or a goal in the center and i draw out ways to get there do you know what i mean and if it's not on that piece of paper if it's not on that app or whatever it is it's not needed for this period do you know what i mean so um that's 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 one of my main tools you know whether it's okay cool we break it down into training okay let's go further runs Okay, let's go further into the run. What could I do to make that run a little bit better? Is it get a little bit better night's sleep? Is it get better running trainers? Is it pick this terrain on this day, get a treadmill? You know, then you go into another thing, strength and conditioning. Okay, get to training five minutes early to do X or whatever warm-up, boxing. So I just kind of break everything down into different categories and then subcategories and then subcat until it's all there and then I just add a little bit from each one and then that's all that I focus on all the other stuff is a mind map for another period you know when mm. after the fight you know we can do one on going out okay I'm going to go out I'm going to make sure <laughs> a I'm mind map time. I'm going out yeah. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what I'll do at that time. But for right now, it's, this is the goal. This is, the, this is this is the task. And when it comes to actually, you know, getting into the ring, same kind of stuff, you know. It's very clinical. This is the job. This is what I have to do. This is what they're going to try. This is what I'm going to try. Do you know what I mean? So it almost becomes a bit like chess. You, you know, when you're playing chess or another kind of game, you have to focus on that and that in this moment. Do you know what I mean? Not, okay, like moving pieces just for the sake of it. Everything has to be like calculated. Well, I love that because with that mind map theory, which I really love and I'm going to try it myself because I, I can sometimes be so easily influenced by what other people around me are doing or saying. And I think once you've committed that to paper and you know that that's your route to get to where you want to go, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing or saying because you've got your map that's going to get you to there. So I think that's that's such good advice. Um, I know that also before a match, prayer is really important to you. How do you use prayer before you go into a situation like that? I think it's also good... In that way, obviously, everyone has their own spirituality or, or not. But for me in particular, it's really good because it's like, it sort of helps me to channel into something where it's like, you know, I have put in this work and all that stuff. So now it's it's about the safety of myself and the safety of my opponent. Because ultimately, when it's all said and done, that like I'm here for sport and entertainment. I'm not here to damage anyone long term. You know, everyone's got their own family, their own aspirations. So for me, it's really important to kind of get the prayer and wishing safety for me, my opponent, um, his family, and, and also even understanding, you know, after I, I, I beat someone that their family and friends can still be behind them and tell them, you know, that they're still a great person, even though they lost this match. And yes, it's super, super important as well. And just to understand that, for me anyway, it's important to know that there's something in somebody bigger than me in this whole grand scheme of things, you know. Although in boxing and, and stuff like that, I don't think God favours one person over another, but just to govern it and make sure everything's safe is super important to me. I like that because it's almost a moment of, I don't know if it's surrender or letting go, but you know you've done the prep and you've got that clear head and you're going into that environment now where there's a winner or a loser and you're you're almost sort of like handing over to what whatever's going to be will be. And I, I think that's... Um, Again, it goes back to that accountability that seems to be sort of the running theme of this whole chat that, you know, do you think that accountability is the most important thing in fulfilling your dreams or is it self-belief or something else? Is it a combination? What What is that equation that can help us to, to reach our dreams? I do think accountability is probably the top one and all the other stuff helps you to hold yourself accountable. Do you know what I mean? So when it comes to having self-belief, you won't hold yourself accountable or take those risks um, or be disciplined if you don't have the self-belief in the first instant. But ultimately, it's all about you know what you're meant to do. You know, like everyone knows in their heart of hearts what's meant to be done. Could they do more? Are you going to argue with yourself to, to stop? Or are you going to push yourself to go further? You know, we all know our mental and physical limitations and it's up to us if we want to push them or not. Do you know what I mean? So definitely holding yourself accountable, I think that encompasses a lot of different aspects, whether that's being on time or showing levels of dedication and sacrifice, that's you holding yourself accountable. If it's letting the right kind of energies around or saying no, that's up to you to hold yourself accountable. You know what? I don't want this. I do want this. Okay, I'll take that. Won't take that. Yeah. So yeah, I do think it is the, the most important part of it all, although it, 
you know, without the other pieces, it doesn't work. Yeah, it is, it's a bit of a puzzle, isn't it? And, you know, obviously you've won every fight. So this question, it, it still applies because I know that you've had ups and downs in this journey. But if somebody out there is wanting to reach a specific goal and they they have a, you know, there's a road bump and they experience failure or a mishap, a mistake, etc. How do you get yourself back on track after a time like that to still have that goal in sight? I think it's all it's all part of part of the journey and part of learning. Ultimately, one failure, however big, however small, shouldn't be enough to knock you off your dreams because ultimately you're going to have learned something in that. I know it's a cliche, but there's no losses, just lessons. And whether that's a case, whether that's sport, whether that's an interview, it's, you know what, maybe not this one. However, this is giving me good prep. For an instance in my life where I've had mishaps or um, I've had times where stuff hasn't gone exactly to plan in my in my way or even losses, I kind of always just say, oh, hard days in the gym, um, which, you know, they happen. I think mm-hmm. it's just about being realistic with yourself and also allowing yourself to learn more. So going back to the mind map again, okay, cool. What happened? What did I want to happen? And now what could I have done differently in preparation for this to help with that so that going forward in the next one? So if you take it out because, you know, some a question pops up that you weren't prepared for or this and that, you know what, maybe I expand my sort of knowledge in this or spend more time doing this or, or do you know what I mean? And you just, you progress and learn. So I think, if anything, those losses or things are, are the best lessons to now teach you to go ahead and, and, and be better in future. Is there ever a time to give up? Is there ever a time when failure is too commonplace and it's a sign that you shouldn't carry on or not? Uh, like I said, that all comes down to you and at the, at the start and being realistic. Of course, there's going to be times where, you know, it, it can feel overwhelming and overbearing. I can't give you any off the top of my head, but, you know, I've, I've seen enough memes and enough, you know, <laughs> this person didn't start this until they were 60 and this one got turned down 10 times before do you know what I mean um so I feel that really and truly if you're realistic with yourself and you know this is what you're meant to do and this is the path that you want to take then know that I don't think there is a time to to give up because you've been realistic with yourself at the start so it's like me saying I'm going to jump to space is it possible (laughs) I don't think so but you know I could spend all day every day jumping trying to you know uh, reach for the stars and maybe that but you have to be realistic at the start of your journey as well. Do you know what I'm saying? So, but I love that, like you know, you're, it's it's absolutely true. But but saying um, you're being realistic doesn't mean that you have to set the bar lower because your bar was so high, but in your head you still knew that was realistic. Yeah, of course, of course. It's like any runner, and like you can you can go, you can you can just go. You know, you know. Of course, you want them to be big. intuition. Yeah, you know, and you, of course, you know. Obviously, I'm blessed. I did manage to get to Olympics and stuff like that, but just aiming for it was enough to keep me driven and keep me going. And I'm fortunate enough to say, okay, I did it, or I won this and won that. But ultimately, that is the be-all and end-all isn't necessarily the the, the the title or saying that I've you know I've got the course. That's it's what we want. But ultimately, it's the journey as well, and just enjoying every step of the way. You know, when you are training, when you are competing and stuff, it's like you know what. I'm doing what I want to do right now. Do you know what I mean? I'm doing what actually makes me happy. And with that, the results are the icing on top, but then the actual quality of life and the way you feel every day you wake up driven yes. and, 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 and with, a, with, with a feeling of 
purpose. I think that's what it's really about. Do you know what I mean? The end result. And that's why they say, you know, you have to enjoy the, the journey, not just the end destination, because that's where a lot of people may go wrong, you know, because they're just, all their eyes are on this job or this level of status or this fight one or this whatever. And then they're not paying attention to the fact that they're enjoying the steps there, the speaking to yourself or speaking to your laptop. You know what? I'm learning this. Okay. Yeah. I like to it's so go up true. and down with my tone and whatever else. It's so true. It, it is about purpose. We get so caught up in what that final moment is, which is usually the bit of it that's kind of, you know, nice in the moment, but doesn't last. Whereas the purpose bit is omnipresent. Like it's always there. And I think that is so, it's just such a beautiful point to to talk about because it it is that thing that gets you out of bed in the morning that makes you you know, smile when you're kind of making your breakfast that you, because I don't know where the hell I'm going with anything. I don't have an end goal, but I have a lot of drive and a lot of feeling like I know what my purpose is or I'm getting there because I love what I do. So I think that is such a key thing. And maybe that sometimes in sport gets sidelined because the end result is so important to the fans, to the industry that that you win. But I love that you're saying there, you know, for you, the, the drive still is, you know your purpose. Yeah that's extremely important and that takes away a lot of the unnecessary pressure. Of course, you know, you, you need a bit of the fear and the pressure, as we said, but I think once you understand, you know what, this is my purpose and this is my goal, the ups and downs don't matter because, as you said, it stays constant. And I can tell you from winning these fights and winning this stuff, as you said, it's here today, you enjoy that moment and then it's on to the next. or Next challenge. Next yeah. challenge, you know what I mean? So ultimately, you can't focus too much on and all the accolades and stuff. You literally have to just enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Well, look, I so enjoyed that. And as I said at the start of this chat, I'm absolutely over the bloody moon that we've published your brilliant book, Dare to Change Your Life. It's it's exceptional. Everyone needs to go and get it, especially if people out there feel a bit frustrated in not being able to... Um, you know, start off on that journey to to head to where they want to. So thank you so much for writing it and thank you so much for your time today, Lawrence. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've I've enjoyed it. It's been brilliant to even recap over it and I'm excited to um, see what's next. You're excited, Lawrence. Oh my God. I'm so excited to see what is next for Lawrence. I'm obsessed with Lawrence. I think I can happily say that. Um, He's just going to go from strength to strength with world domination, but also sharing all wisdom that he knows to us. Oh, I love Lawrence so much. Lawrence's incredible book, Dare to Change Your Life, is out now. My quote is on the front of the book, and I mean every word of it. It's the most motivating book I have ever, ever read. Um, As I said before, he's the first of our Happy Place book authors, the first of many brilliant voices in the modern wellbeing space that I cannot wait to share with you. I think this book really will challenge you to question what you're capable of. You've got much more power than you think. Now, if you've got a mate, a brother, an aunt who could benefit from a pep talk from Lawrence, tell them about this episode of Happy Place. Get them to subscribe to the rest of the series while they're there. Thank you again to Lawrence. Love you, Lawrence. To the producers of this episode, Matt Hill and Anushka Tate at Rethink Audio, and to you lot for listening. I absolutely love you all. Have a brilliant week. Thank you for listening. I so appreciate it. I'll see you soon.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.